Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. But I wanted to wear PJs today to kind of express to you that sometimes, you know what, we need to be dressed right. And I'm not talking about ties and suits, and if you want to wear that, that's fine. Don't go there in the theater of your mind, but go there spiritually. We need to be dressed with a garment of praise. And I want to talk to you about what that means today. Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for what? Ashes. Okay? Ashes were put on when someone mourned. It's something has died. And God is saying, I'm going to give you beauty. I'm going to give you life for those ashes. And it says the oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy is the spirit of God. So not just, God doesn't just want to give you life. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit. Come on. Amen. It gets better. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you know that heaviness, depression, being in the dumps, being dumpy and frumpy is a spirit? You, you, you need to be careful with your emotions. Sometimes you can think, well, it's just, you know, it's just the way I feel. You've been feeling that way for 20 years. And you, you know what? You put the emotions, if, if, if your life was a train, you put your emotions in the place of the locomotive. That's what's powering you or disempowering you from doing what God wants you to do. And so emotions need to be at the caboose. Come on. The first thing needs to be truth. The next one needs to be faith. Then how you feel. Come on. So facts, come on, then faith, then feelings. And if you're old enough, you know what that song's all about, okay? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, Lord, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to cover me. I thank you that God, that his righteousness is a robe of righteousness. And the reaction to that robe is praise. <laughs> it's not a grave. It's praise. God, I praise you, not because I have to, but because I want to. It is from my heart, Lord. Maybe I'm alone this morning, but it's from my heart, Lord. I praise you, God, because you gave your son to cover me and I walk in Him, and I talk in Him. Lord, His His very presence is my being. In Him I live, and I move, and I have my being. I give you the praise, and thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on. Amen. I want to talk to you about what's really important. Covering is important. Clothes are important. So glad you wore some today. That is a good thing. Can you imagine if there was only one day of the week that you put on clothes? Don't leave your house, please. Please stay at your house. Do whatever you want in your domicile or your abode. Okay, but if you're going to go out in public, please put something on, right? Wouldn't you help me this morning to say that maybe some folks need to put a little more on than they have been putting on? Come on. Yeah. So here's the deal. If you're going to leave the house, come on, don't leave home without it. Don't leave without clothes, right? Can you imagine if your spiritual life were the same way? If only one day of the week... You put on Christ. Let me, let, let me take it a little bit farther as you, as you kind of contemplate this. What if only on Christmas and Easter you put on Christ? 
What, what if, what if only on special days you were spiritually clothed? How, how many of you think that you would be able to withstand an evil day? And you look in Ephesians 6 and Paul says, put on this, put on this, put on this, put on this, so that you might be able to stand. And when you've done all to stand, stand therefore, putting on all these things, the armor of God, so that you might be able to withstand, come on church, the evil day. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't have evil days. Be careful in that. Stop thinking that because you got the blue light special on salvation. Come on, there it is, Kmart. People have been giving me buttons lately. It's awesome. Just because you got some cheap idea of what salvation is and you start getting attacked because you're now on God's side, right? Don't think for a second that you won't have evil days. You will. And that's just the reason why you need to be clothed. I'm going to show you this morning in the next maybe 10 to 15 minutes what I will call is the chronology of Christ covering in the Bible. When you open your Bible, there aren't just stories about Jesus in your Bible. There aren't just specific spots that talk about Jesus. Your entire Bible is Jesus. Your whole Bible is a redemptive story that weaves a crimson thread or a or a, a weaving of God's mercy and grace and what I would call a chronology, a story, step by step, chapter by chapter, teaching us how Christ gave his life to cover us. The most important thing in your life is to be covered. Some of you this morning, you know that Geico will save you hundreds of dollars in just 15 minutes or less. But what I'm preaching to you this morning is full coverage in the blood of the Lamb. Can somebody say amen? Thank God I don't follow some little gecko. <laughs> yes, he is cute, though. He is cute. If I had one that walked and talked, though, it'd probably pee my pants, man. I'm just telling you. And I wouldn't be doing this. I mean, I put on a full circus on that deal. I'd sell tickets. Some of you are like, sorry, I got tickets for this. So, you can go 30 days without food. Did you know that? You can. You can. You can go three days without water. Come on. You can't go three minutes in a hostile environment where the elements are bad without a covering, without clothes, without something to protect you from the elements. The most important thing spiritually is that you put on Christ. It's not just that you have Christ, it's that you daily put on Christ. This garment of praise is Jesus, and you need to put it on. When I was young, my dad was uh, the coolest guy in my life. He still is. He had a Harley Davidson low riders. Listen, rider, if, if, listen, if you're a rice burner, don't get all upset and see me in the parking lot. Just show me your bike and give it to me. I'll ride it all you want. Okay. I'll give it back to you. But he had a Harley. It was loud. He had the pipes on it because Harleys are loud and they also, uh, vibrate so bad that I don't know. I mean, when you, once you get off of it, you, 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 you wonder if you got any feeling in your backside. But I remember that every time I'd go riding with my dad, we had three, count them, three helmets. We never wear those. We never wear those helmets. You know, we went down country roads and we went into a place called KOP. You don't know where that is, but 
Kingsbury Ordnance Plant. It's where they made all kinds of munitions for World War II. And my dad would put me on the back of that bike and we would just, man, we'd go like 100 miles an hour with no helmet. We had helmets. We just didn't, we just didn't wear them. And thank God, you know, click it or ticket. We never got a ticket. Come on. We never got a ticket, but there's, there's something far worse than getting a ticket. It's being dead. Now we enjoyed those bike rides. It was a great time. And that was a different time than today. I mean, come on. We had grocery getters back in the day where the kids all, you know, had that seat that went the opposite direction. Station wagons. And some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And the kids all kind of laid up in the sides where the windows stuck out. It was a different day. We didn't walk around with helmets on for everything, okay? Like we do today. Participation trophies. You know what I'm talking about. It's a different time. But, but, but at that time, we should have wore our helmets. We had helmets. We just didn't wear them. Listen, can I tell you something? Many of you have something you're not wearing. You have Christ. You're not putting on Christ. And when you put on clothes, when you put on Christ, you're wearing something that now begins to define who you are. You act differently by what you wear. Now, a few times a year, I'll wear a suit. Just a few. Okay? When I got to do something important. But a, a few times a year, I'll put that suit on and I'll go out into public and I'll go buy things or I'll go into Walmart and I'm in my suit, right? And I start using all these words that I don't usually use at all because I'm in a suit, you know? So I'm coming through the cash register. It's like, how are you today, sir? Well, I'm ostentatious, indubitably. I don't use these words. I can't even spell those words. What am I saying? You know, I'm ambiguous and ambivalent. They're like, where were you coming from, dude? I got on a suit. I'm wearing a suit, right? I'm acting different because of what I have on. When you put on Christ, you act different. You talk different. You think different. You know you're inside of Christ. And I want to show you the benefits of that in Scripture. It's going to happen real quick. I'm going to go through these stories here for you so that you can see the relationship you get from having put on Christ every day and how it causes you to win the spiritual war that is against your life. In Genesis chapter 3 is our first story. We know that Adam and Eve had sinned. We know in, in that sin, they lost something. They lost their covering. They lost the glory that would surround them. And so in that sin, they lost something. They looked down, they realized for the first time that they were ashamed and they had guilt. And a reaction to that was God showing up and telling them how bad their sin was and to get out of his presence, right? No. What God did was is he showed up and he said, where are you? Right? It's time for our walk. And then God went out, and the Bible says God went out, and he presented animal skins. He presented a covering for them. We use a big word to, in theology for that. It's called atonement. Okay? He gave them a covering. Something had to die. Blood had to be shed. It was to cover Adam and Eve. I've often thought, how long did they wear that? But then I think the Israelites went for 40 years, and their shoes never wore out. I mean, their Nikes just kept going. The Reeboks just held together. I often wonder how long they wore that clothing. And yet it was something that God had to do, not them. Those fig leaves couldn't do the job, couldn't do the covering. In the fig leaves, we see the story of religion. In the work of God, we see the story of mercy, grace, and relief. 
What is your covering today? What is your covering today? I see it's really interesting that when God covers them, he says, you know what? You can't come back to the garden yet, but we'll get there. How many of you know God's going to get us back to the garden? God's going to get us, and it'll be his work, not ours. We move out of Genesis chapter 3. We move to Genesis chapter 27, and an old man by the name of Isaac is dying. Isaac has two sons. Do you remember his sons? Jacob and Esau, right? That's the way I heard it growing up as a kid in Sunday school. You never been to Sunday school? Oh, okay, shameless plug. We actually have Sunday school here. And that's why this t-shirt's being worn right now. And we actually are in love with our church. Amen. 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 And I think our pastor, our youth pastor, Tyler, did an awesome job today. Let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Isaac is dying. He's going to give the inheritance. Two-thirds of everything he owns goes to the firstborn. Let me say it another way. The oldest son the elder brother. That is not Jacob, supplanter, who would become Israel. That is Esau, right? There is a moment where now Isaac and his great wise mama, Rebecca, decide to come together to see dad in his last days. Dad is struggling with his sight. Some scholars say he is actually blind. So he can't tell the difference between Esau, right, and Jacob. So Rebecca and Jacob come, but they come dressed like the, they come, maybe the Holy Spirit would drop a revelation in your heart or mind right now. They come and he's dressed like the older brother. I want to be dressed like the older brother. My older brother, the Bible says in the book of Romans, is Jesus, our elder brother. They come dressed like the older brother. Remember, he puts on his clothes, right? And they go out and they get some camel hair and put it on his arms. Some of you know that your pastor is a really hairy guy. I apologize for that. It's just the way God made me. It's just just the way he made me. But here's the deal. Esau was hairy. Isaac was, was was not so hairy. But his son, Jacob, he wasn't so hairy either. So Isaac knew the difference. And when he came and presented himself, he presented himself in a covering that was like his brother. What can I teach on you on that for you to this morning? Listen very carefully. Isaac could not see and he was blind, but your God, your father can see. He can see. So what's the connection, pastor? Why even bring it up? Well, it's interesting because when you're coming to the father covered in the elder brother in Jesus's clothes, God can't see your sin. God can't see you. God just sees Jesus. Is that a garment of praise or what? Maybe you need to lower your pride a little bit. Because if you think you're all that in a, in a, in a cheese stick, you're not. If you're coming to God dressed as you, that's not enough. Can I tell you what the real battle is? It's not with the world and what people are saying and what your family's doing and what you're up against at work. The real battle is whether or not you can stand before the Father and He sees Christ or not. Somebody give God some praise. Somebody lift up the Lord. We see that story in Genesis chapter 27. Let's move right along. 
Genesis chapter 37, we see the story of Joseph. Joseph has a great relationship with his father too. If you remember, his father gives him an amazing technicolor dream coat. I'm so dating myself. Retirement's coming. Gives him a coat of many colors. It's actually a tunic. Covers him with grace. It stands out. It's bright. Can I tell you what you look like to the spiritual realm when you wear Christ? When you put on Christ, your walk with Him, your talk with Him? In the spiritual realm, you look so bright, you're blinding. The demonic hordes of hell cannot stand to be in the presence of Jesus. When you're walking in the presence of Jesus, hell and darkness splits and gets out your way. He's wearing this. But can I also tell you, it didn't exactly invite a lot of favor from his brothers. Soon as you start deciding to walk in Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. If, if you are living your life to accommodate everybody you're with and just fit in like a chameleon, you are not walking with Jesus. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate have you read your Bible? It doesn't matter this morning whether you agree with me or not. I'm not looking for that. I'm just asking, do you agree with God or not? Your issue today, if I'm not saying something you, you like, whoop-de-doo. I, I can't do anything about that. But there will be a judgment day. And the only people that God is going to allow to come into heaven are the ones who have walked with Jesus. That's it. It don't matter. You can't step up and say, well, I knew Pastor Glenn, and he was kind of this goofy guy, and uh, let me in, Lord. God's going to say, uh-uh. Do you know my son? Did you walk with my son? Did you talk with my son? Do you have relationship? So the brothers took his coat and put a different garment on him. Stay with me. A different garment. That garment became a garment of a slave. He fell into a pit. Probably a little pride was mixed in with him sharing his dreams. And then he was sold off as a slave. The Bible says he was a different garment as a slave. Then he's accused, right, by Potiphar's wife of sleeping with her. She tears from him that garment. Have you ever read your Bible? This is in there. He gets another garment, but this one is the garment of a prisoner. And then at the end, 17 years later, by the way, He's standing in front of Pharaoh. And the Bible says a white garment. Ooh. And, and his ring, the king's ring, the signet, the signature. Do you know there's power in the name of Jesus? The signet, the signature comes upon him. He's second ruler in the nation. Can I tell you, that's just a chronology of Christ's covering. That you and I were born with God's desire to know us and favor on us, but we were born into sin. So we don't have that favor, but praise God, the older brother came back and bought it for us. Amen. He did a switcheroo. He took your place and you get to take his. And in taking his, you are covered. Do you know what the Bible says the saints are in the New Testament? He says the saints are covered in robes of white righteousness. Come on. Hallelujah. All the way to heaven, God's covering you. You ever been with somebody who said, I got that covered? And that's a friend indeed. That's somebody you want around, right? God is saying, 
everything that it takes to get you to eternal relationship with the Father, Jesus is saying, I got that covered. All you got to do is put it on. God, today, this day, I put on you. Not me. I don't want to represent me. I want to represent you. I want to say your words. I want to do your actions. Think about how intimate your clothing is. Think about how close it is to you. There's parts of your clothing that are close enough to you that I don't want to know how close it is to you. We're not going to go there. That's how close God wants you to be to Him. It's intimate. It's a closeness. It's a connection. It's a proximity. I want you to see this. Not only do we see that story in Genesis chapter 37, but we also see it in the priests in Exodus. Won't go into all the detail, but the priests in doing the work of the Lord uh, begin to live out a human drama before the people of the work of Christ. What they're covered in, what they're wearing, the white robe, the crown that they wear that says holiness unto the Lord, the 12 uh, stones on the breastplate carried in. Why on the breastplate? Exodus says, because my people are close to my heart. Come on, church. And everything they do represents the love in the covering of Jesus. Oh, but we got an even better story in the book of Esther. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. You remember going and seeing that movie about Esther? One Night with the King? That almost sounds like a Barry White song, man. You don't know Barry White. Okay, we'll make it. We'll make it. <laughs> Some of you are like, who's Barry White? Well, I'll do my impression. Oh, baby. Many times as we come together and we love each other, and we've loved and loved and loved, baby. It's just not enough, baby. It's not enough. Oh, who I can't get enough of your love, baby. I'll be here all week. No charge for that at all. No Oh man, now the phones are coming on. We got lights. No Zippo lighters? Come on. <laughs> Where was I, man? Oh yeah, Esther. Esther, cool. All right, so Esther, we have a predicament during this time. Israel's in captivity under Persia. There is a king at that time called King Xerxes. For some reason or another, he gets foolish, doesn't care for his wife Vashanti anymore, sets her out of the kingdom, right? Says it's time for a brand new bride. He holds a beauty contest. He doesn't know that there are Jews going to be involved. Uncle Mordecai comes along, helps out his niece, Esther, and says, you've been born for such a time as this. She begins to pray. She begins to fast. She begins to prepare herself. We get to the book of Esther chapter 5, and this is the pivotal moment. She is wearing, the Bible says, the temple robes. Say it with me. Temple robes. It's just then that Xerxes looks over, notices her, and come on, ladies, you know there's that moment. When that man says, oh, my, my, my. You know he's hooked. And that's how you hooked him, right? You know it. He looks over, he notices her standing in the temple, in the temple robes. He extends his scepter, which means it's an invitation for her to now approach. She could not approach unless she was first found in favor. What 
gave her the favor was the clothes. And because she wore what was appropriate, God orchestrated the moment to the saving of Israel from a genocidal maniac. He's an Agagite. That's Popeye. Again, I'll be here all week. You don't know. Okay. Okay. His name is Haman. Haman wants to destroy all of the Jews. But because of Esther's relationship with the king, because of what she was clothed in, the king says, baby, you look so beautiful. I give you anything, even up to half of the kingdom. She says, I'll tell you what you can give me. Let me cook a meal and invite that Haman. And let that Haman come. And in the midst of him coming, guess what? You get to hang him from the gallows pole. And you know what? Xerxes says, baby, you look so beautiful. You got it. Can I just tell you guys something? I want to tell you something right now. Never underestimate a woman in love. Right? Don't be on the other side of that. You might be hanging, Haman. And I'll always, always be a little suspicious when she starts cooking. Because if you've been a bad guy, you don't know what's in that pot. So, Haman ends up dying. How did the spiritual day in the battle get won? It was as simple as someone wearing the appropriate. And it won the day. It won the day. Man. And then, you know, you get to Ephesians 6. You see the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the, sh the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. And God says, put these on. What are all these things? Christ. Christ is salvation. Christ gives you faith. Christ is the truth, the sword of the Spirit. Christ is the gospel. Put on Christ. When you get up in the morning, the first thing you think is, I better put something on, and it ought to be Jesus. I'm putting Jesus on today. Walking with Jesus. Three things for your notes, and I'll close. First one. What you put on, you don't work for. But you put it on every day to be in relationship with the Father. You didn't work for it. There was a time when people actually went out and had real animals die to wear clothes, right? Okay? And something else, someone else gave its life sacrificially so that you could be covered. And that's why the Bible keeps telling this story. God's saying, I got you covered if you just put me on, put me on. Number two, you walk in Jesus, you, you walk in Him, you remain in Him, and His life gives you covering for your life. And garment of praise is the result instead of the spirit of heaviness. If you have a spirit of heaviness, you haven't put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. You say, well, how do I do that? It, it's as simple as, wait a minute, right now, I'm putting on a spirit that don't... No, 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 no. I make the decision right now. I want to have the mind of Christ, the peace that passes all understanding. I want to put on Jesus. What does Jesus have right now? Joy, peace, and righteousness. Because the Bible says that's the kingdom of heaven. So I confess by faith right now that that's mine. In Jesus' name. I got two, three people nodding their heads. Listen, I ain't doing counseling for this subject. 